So I want to get you to, uh, let's go to Galatians chapter 4, uh, verses 4 and 5. So it's all, it's all nestled around uh, the spirit of love and um, the Christmas story, and we're going to be telling it through Galatians and Ephesians and, and surely Corinthians and 13. Um, so I want to thank everybody. Was you guys at the Christmas play? Yeah. It, was, it was wonderful. Um, it was, uh, God was, God was uh, blessed through that. I think it was, uh, it was just a wonderful night. I'm, I'm so glad to be part of a church that loves people uh, and, and, and likes to tell the truth. Um, so just keep that in mind today while we get the message rolling. Um, so out of Galatians chapter four, verses four through five, let's do this. It says, but when the fullness of time had come, so here's the Christmas story. The apostle Paul's telling the church in Galatia, this, this little mini Christmas story here. It says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoptions as sons. So that's a, there's a lot there, and I won't be able to preach all of it on there, but I want to touch on a few points here. Um, obviously talking about the fullness of time, that means God finally, or God seen fit to finally send his son, Jesus. He said, you know, I don't know if it was he couldn't take anymore or stand anymore or how God thinks. But the fullness of time came that, that Jesus needed to be born so he could do this walk with us and then die for our sins. So that was the time that God sent forth uh, for us to recognize, and that's what this, all the pomp's about here today is, is the birth of a risen Savior, Jesus Born of a woman under the under, under the law. So so here we go with the redeem part. So when we get into verse five, go back to that and underline that because that's that's huge to help your family with the Christmas story about redemption. Redemption means to be bought back. So the original plan. Let's do this again. The original plan was God wanted communion with His people. Uh, they had the Garden of Eden. You can have everything here. But Lupke, you just can't eat from the, from the tree of knowledge. And that's exactly what the human beings did. They go, we want what we can't have. I'll say it again until it, until it hit everybody. We want what we can't have. That's, that's the nature of human beings. There is a human nature in humans. And they're going to be at your house. This Christmas, I'm, I'm setting you up, man, because we're going to the message. Do the air quotes with me. Love. That's what the message is about today. And you can wipe your brow and go, boy, we need it here at our house. That's what this message is about. So let's, let's, let's peer into this a little more. So... The, the second part of the second verse is so that we might receive adoptions as sons. 
meaning sons and daughters. Say, say adoption. Adoption, uh, adoption is the highest form of love. means you're not obligated to do it, but you do it because you love that person or that thing. And today I use dogs. Because we've all been to the Humane Society. And we're not going to get one. We're just going to look. Wag your finger this way. <laughs> so there's a lot to this, and I'll see if I can get this right again. Uh, so when we go through, we're not going to, and, and I know everybody goes and their family goes, and you got little ones, and, and, the, and the child, the young child, always gives that puppy that's yelping behind the fence a name right off the bat. <laughs> and if you've named it, you'll claim it. And you ever notice that when you walk out of the, the door, they always give you like two or three things that uh, they kind of upsell you on everything? Oh, you're going to need the, the bones, and you're going to need the, you're gonna need the collar and the, all that. Um, we do that, and in, 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 in adoption melts our heart. Adoption melts our heart, and adoption melts God's heart. Because we know when we walk through there, whether it's Humane Society or another wonderful place to adopt animals, we know if we don't adopt them or somebody adopts them, they'll perish. You didn't like that part of the story, did you? If you don't get adopted into the kingdom of God, you'll perish. And, and when, we, when we get into this service and we cry out, Abba, Father, and all this stuff, it's not really much different than a dog barking behind a fence. I have two puppies. I know this quite well. They bark, and, you know, like you go outside. And whenever you go outside and you have two puppies and they're in the pen, I have pens outside, when you let them out, you don't get anything done. I'm going back there to like split wood or whatever. Like, hey, can you let the dogs out while you're there? Yeah, if you don't want anything to get done. <laughs> Amen. But they're barking on the other side of the fence. And they want attention. Or if they're humane society, they want to be adopted. All they want to do is be adopted into a family that will love them. Say that with me. That will love them. That's what adoption is. It's the highest form. Of love. So today I pray that you and your family and your friends and everyone that's watching the broadcast today would cry out to the Lord so that he can adopt them into his kingdom. And he had, this was, this is and was God's plan to bring his kids back into fellowship in his garden of Eden in the sky. That's what this is, this whole plan. And he had this plan uh, since the beginning of time, after the kids failed. Amen? Amen. Be thinking about that, because when I get into the, the rest of this message, it'll start to make sense. So let's pray uh, for the offering today and, and get moving on the message of love. And I'll, I'll just throw this out there right now, and I'll just kind of call this 
Christmas love. Let's, let's dim the lights down just a little bit. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're tainted right now. Maybe, maybe, maybe Christmas is a rough time. Maybe Not everybody likes Christmas as much as we do. And maybe you're going through a hard time and, and you just need God to just touch you before the service starts. Just raise your hand. Just ask and say, I need some, an extra special dose of your Christmas love today. And then I'll pray for you. So, Father, we just pray for those who are struggling with a little bit of love in their heart today. I pray that you fill it back up and, uh, and, and, and bless them today as the message goes forth. Uh, I pray, uh, Lord God, that they know that, that love is the, is the bridge uh, uh, to take us into the fullness of the fruit of the Spirit. It is, it is the gateway uh, to the rest of the fruit of the Spirit. We pray for the offering. Uh, these last couple of offerings of the year would be blessed uh, beyond measure. Give you the glory that we're all here in your house. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So applaud the Lord, let the offering come by. And turn with me in Ephesians chapter 1. Uh, and we'll start in verse 3. We can turn the lights back up. Thank you so much. Um, so in here, i got to be honest with you, I don't know that I've ever delivered uh, Christmas messages out of Galatians and Ephesians, but there's a lot of things I haven't done and, and learning uh uh, as I grow in Christ along with you guys. Um, the interesting thing that I heard back from my friend, uh, Mike Sr., uh, is something I say to you guys every week. We have to look at people the way Jesus looks at people. So he was, we were studying Tuesday, and he, he spun his chair around, and he said, he said uh, I wrote it down here, what does it say? We have to believe the best for everyone. I was like, man, that'll preach right there. I wrote that down. So no matter where you go today, no matter how you see people, no matter what the, there's always a problem, and it's always magnified during Christmas. In line and the whole deal. We have to believe the best for those people. And I thank God that some people are already using this in their, in their walk this Christmas with the Lord. And if you're looking for an example, I'll go ahead and give you one. Ask me, just say, give me an example. Well, when we get into the fruit of the Spirit, we know that one, one part of the fruit of the Spirit is patience. So before the play, I go and, and I get my, my staff some uh, flavored coffee. Say that with me with air quotes, flavored coffee. I, I, don't, know, I don't know what it is. What it, I don't even know how to order it. So I go to this place over on Dorset. They're wonderful. It's a Lutheran church over there. It's got a place called Higher Grounds. And they got wonderful people that work there, and they do wonderful things. So I didn't know if it was a Frappuccino or a Cappuccino or what it was. But they got a list of it, and when you know what you want, they write it on the cup. You know, double shot of whipped cream and extra shot of espresso and then coffee on ice and all these different things. And I said, so I'm, I'm calling, we're in line. So me and Aaron are there, and we got Aaron's two kids there, and they're already juiced up, you know, and they're bouncing a Super Bowl back and forth all over the place. And I'm just standing in front of this young girl. She couldn't have been over 20 years old. And uh, I don't know, she, she was so kind uh, and had so much patience because I didn't know how to order it, so they had to send it to me, a picture of the ingredients, so I could show the young girl. And, and I know she was probably going, oh, this guy's so old right now, he's going to probably write a check for this. 
I mean, young people are like, you know, when old people write checks, they need to go to hell, you know, or something. <laughs> I mean, you got to have the patience of Job. Because I, I, when I, when you do the check writing and everything, I think about, I think about my dad. My dad. I just, I'll just talk about that for a second. My dad believed like, I remember one time he was in Michigan and he he had his. Uh, so he, my dad only had like two bills. He had a cell phone and a propane bill. That was it. If they didn't have a phone, he wouldn't even know it existed because he was off the grid. He's like, I gotta get back. He was in Michigan. He goes, I gotta get back and pay my propane bill. I was like. You can pay it from where you're at. Dude. I want to be right in front of him. I want him to see me. <laughs> My dad delivered the checks wherever he went. Somebody that ain't say amen. amen. I want to see him. But anyways, back to the patience. This poor girl, and she they were so kind. They had patience, and... and uh, I guess had to be, you know, just bathed in love because we're there. We had no idea what we were doing. We we're just kind of there. I've never even been in the place. Uh, but she was probably glad that when I left, I'm sure. <laughs> I don't know how I'm getting into this, but I mean, this is, this is real stuff. Amen. And around Christmas time is big, as hurry as you are in. This could real, this could just mess my day up. You know, when we pulled out of the, uh, the Christmas play uh, uh, Friday night, we pulled down to the end of the street, and there was a motorcycle that was flipped over, and there was a guy in the, in the grass. And, and I seen Pastor Aaron pulled over there, and I think Stephanie Fink was over there. And so we kind of pulled over. I had uh, Aaron's kids in the car and my wife. I kind of pulled over and got out of the way and just kind of watching what was going on. And we called to make sure it wasn't Pastor Aaron or... But they were they were tending to him till the uh, ambulance and everything got there, um, and uh, you know all the hurrying and the, and the Christmas play and everything. And everybody needs to get home. When stuff like that happens, hurrying's not important anymore. Amen. Are we okay still? Yeah. Everything stops when somebody's health is on the line. Or somebody's life is on the line. We ain't in a hurry anymore. Here, I want to tell you guys today, don't be in a hurry. Don't be in a hurry. Don't be overcommitted. And if you're in a hurry, you're probably overcommitted. Amen? Amen. So be, be thinking about that today. Just something that God dropped in my spirit. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 through 14. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. All right, here we go. I'm wrecking theology today. So for all your friends who are teaching the doctrine of election and the predestination and all that, I'm going to help them out straighten out bad theology. Here's the deal. God intended for us to live with him in the Garden of Eden. Would you agree? Amen. I mean, that was his original plan. I've read Genesis before, as you have. Now, when we got cast out of the garden, he put together a plan, like I talked about, to get us back in. And God knows everything. Do we know, believe that? He's, he's a creator who, who created this. And for order to him to be the creator, he has to live outside of time and space. And he's got a plan for mankind. And it's for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit, go out there, take the Great Commission, 
lay hands on people and tell them about Jesus because that matters. Bad theology just makes lazy Christians lazier because they believe that God ordained this people in these house to go to heaven and these people living next door to go to hell. And according to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it tells that God wishes that no man perish. So all your friends that are stuck in this predestination and this doctrine of election, and some are elected and some aren't, they're so far off base it's embarrassing. The, the Holy Spirit does have a job, and it's to work through you and work through me to tell people the greatest story of all time, the Christmas gift, Christ the child. Amen? All right, we straightened out bad theology. Here we go. Uh, bah, 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 bah. So let's go. Let's just go down to five. It says he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ. So I talked about adoption. You need to be adopted back into the family. That's not. That's not a stretch, is it? According to the purpose of His will, to praise of His glorious grace. So we know that God has a great big grace cup because He saved you and I. Amen. And He's. And he's long-suffering, and he's got a lot of patience, and he's got a lot of understanding. Uh, Even when somebody doesn't understand you, God does. Uh, With which he has blessed us uh, in the beloved. In him, what does it say? In him we have what? Redemption through his blood. So we've been bought back through the blood of Jesus Christ. For the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he has lavished on us in wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will. So we no longer have to leave here going, I don't know what God's will is for my life. His will for your life is to be saved, to be bought back, to take this message out to a lost and dying world. Very simple. Even I understand that. Amen? I have a purpose. Say that with me. I have a purpose. And that's to tell lost people the good news. It's, it's, not, it's, it's easy. This is a, and actually, it's not a gift. It's a mandate from Christ to us. It, and, and that's in, in Mark 16 or Matthew 28. That's a mandate. If you're born again, you're commanded to do that. And it's not a suggestion. According to his purpose, which he sent forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things. So here we go with the fullness of time again. Here we go. This is a Christmas story. To unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. And I told you about that story where they're, you know, sending the, sending the seed through, through heaven all the way down to Mary. Can you imagine the battle there was going on to keep that seed from baptizing Mary? In the, in the heavenlies and in through the earth's atmosphere and through the earth and and getting her to say yes and all that. There was a battle going on. Same way, there's a battle going on for you and your family. You know, the devil don't want you at church. He don't want you telling the Christmas story. He don't want you telling. He don't want you decorating your house. Verse eleven. In him we've obtained an inheritance, having predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So that we who are the first to hope in Christ might be to praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him. So we had to hear the gospel. So the gospel got presented to you at some time, some place, some way. You believed in him, and then you were sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
doesn't mean that you're not going to have shortcomings. It just means that you've been sealed. No one else can take your salvation. No one's big enough, tough enough, mean enough to take your salvation from you. God gave it to you. It's just like having rights in America. God gave you the rights. No one else can take your right away. I got to have somebody say something to me on that. See, these concepts are very simple. It's the world that has made it convoluted. Uh, we're going to get in here, so listen to this. Last verse before we, that we actually go into the definition of love. Who is the guarantor of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Amen. I got a picture I want to show you, and you guys can help me out with this a little bit. Let's, let's put that up. Oh, what's that? What is it? Bridge. It's a bridge. Would you all agree that's a bridge? Yeah. Do you know what bridge it is? It's a Blanchette bridge. Some of you guys are too young to even recognize that. What's that? Well, I was going to put the Rock Road Bridge up for you, but. Do you remember the Rock Road Bridge? Some of you guys rode the guardrail over to St. Charles. The Rock Road Bridge was the scariest thing in the whole wide world. Two cars couldn't pass each other. It was, all, it was a miracle that got you past that. And then there was a curve on the end. Amen? To get you from St. Louis to St. Charles, the country of St. Charles. When I was a child, St. Charles was the furthest thing in the world. Yeah, you like pack a lunch to go there. <laughs> different tasting water, different prefect. It was, say this with me, class, it was long distance to call there. <laughs> and you remember the dollar uh, movie thing out there? Yeah. And that mall there? That mall's been there since Christ. <laughs> you remember Ben Franklin was there? I mean, Ben, Fra ben Franklin was the greatest store in the world. Uh, so I put the bridge up because I wanted to give you a word picture of what love is. Love is the bridge that connects you to the fruit of the Spirit. And, and we all know that the fruit of the Spirit, right, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And we'd like to have them all right now. Because, did I already say this? I'm going to say it again because it's true. Somebody's going to be late to your house. I told you that. So, like, if they're supposed to be there at 10, tell them to be there at 7. And when they come, they don't ever bring anything, usually. So why do they complain? Oh, we love them. Uh, so all the, as, as we get into the fruit of the Spirit, if we can't, Cross that bridge. If we can't cross that bridge, we can't get to the fruit, get to the fruit of the Spirit to work in our life. Because everything has to be done in love. Boy, there's no amens to that at all. It's like I'm keep, I'm keeping all the love to myself today. <laughs> I remember like when cabbage patch dolls were. Oh, we'll get in a fist fight over it. Don't worry about it. 
Do you remember some people videotaping other people climbing over each other to get a cabbage patch towel? I was plowing snow one time at the uh, Best Buy down at Rock Road 27. And that was like a 24-hour plow. I'd finish plowing it, and you'd have to plow it again. It was that big. And uh, there was a bunch of kids that were dressed in overcoat, you know, like black long coats. That was kind of popular when these, they, these kids played video games. And they would sit, they were sitting out in the snow. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know that people waited for games to come out. And I finally stopped my truck and rolled down my head. I go, what the heck are all you kids doing here? It, with the dressed in the trench coats and all the stuff, they go, we're waiting for the, you know, such and such game to come out. They're opening the doors at midnight. <laughs> I don't know if they're talking like that, but it sounds like young folks. <laughs> and then and, and, and they'd have chairs and pup tents set up to get the game before the guy next to him got it. They were, they were very diligent about what it is that they wanted. And I thought about that. Wouldn't that be cool if God's people would do that coming into church? But Let's go to love. We'll talk about that. First Corinthians chapter 13. So, and, and we'll talk about the fruit of the spirit and maybe you're struggling with some or whatever, you know, you're somewhere in there. And I think if you was to, to reference back to John chapter 15 about abiding in God's love or God, remaining in God, his love would remain in you. Uh, it, it actually, 1511 says, that your joy would be complete if you remained in him. So if you remain in him, your joy will be complete. So the job of the devil is to make sure you don't remain in God. So he's going to do everything he can to distract you from using that bridge of love to get the rest of the fruit of the Spirit to operate in your life. And that's not, Keith, it's not fruits, it's fruit. And if you go, hey, man, I'm struggling with the patience part or the whatever part, that just means you haven't worked it out yet. It's like any kind of workout. The one you work out is the one that grows more. Amen? So let's help that out here with this, with this, the way the, uh, the Apostle Paul tells the church in Corinth what, what love is. So he says, if I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I'm a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. You've seen them Christians. Bing, 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 bing. Do you remember? Everything kids used to get under the tree was noisy. <laughs> when my son was growing up, I'm like, shut that thing off. <laughs> or back then, we actually told the kids to go outside. He said, go outside and play with that. Clanging symbol, not really doing much, but you've got a lot of presents. I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big, big deal. But really, what it is is just kind of a phony baloney thing, isn't it? So he says, and if I have not, and if I have not prophetic powers and understand all the mysteries and all the knowledge, and if I have all the faith, 
so as to move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. So we know that bridge is, 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 is vitally important, right? That bridge of love to get to make the rest of the fruit of the Spirit work this Christmas. If I give all I have and I deliver my body up to be burned, but I have not love, I gain what? Nothing. And we say we're doing all this for God. If we're doing it all for God, the lights and the pageantry and all that, we need to, we need to, to make sure we're doing that in action and speech. So let's see what he says the, the defining qualities of love are. Let's do it. Ready? One, two, three, go. Love is... Remember, we're, in a, we're we're leaving the Christmas play. We're in a hurry to get. I gotta get. I gotta get home. It's. A, I mean, it's like a, there's a magic time. We're, we've been here since ten o'clock. We've been there. To, I gotta get going, and, a, and we gotta go. Then you get to the bottom of the hill, and you see somebody in a horrific accident. You're like, you know what? It's not as important as making sure that young man's safe. That's what love is going, you know what, his stuff is way more important than me getting home and sitting on a recliner. Can I keep saying that? Because it is, I mean, it is. I mean, hopefully he's okay. I'll get to my house eventually. I think sometimes we get kind of, I mean, not you guys, but other Christians that kind of narrow-minded in what we want. I mean, we literally walk over people to get to where we want to get. And that's not love. It's patience, it's kind, love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. You ever seen rude people? You usually, and, and there seems to be more and more rude people driving down the road than ever before. And I know they cut in front of you and they're, they're 18 feet in front of you now and it's the end, of, it's the whole thing, it's, the world's going to explode because they got in front of you. When you go out Highway 40 westbound somewhere between, like from three to six, you're going to sit in traffic. Because the S turn at Wentzville, ah. <laughs> And being rude, I mean, and then there's always somebody that pulls up just right on your bumper. I was going to say rear end, but. And I'm like, if this dude gets any dang closer. Uh, I don't know. That's, that's kind of rude. And then, since they can't get in front of you, when they can get in front of you, they, they speed. Remember, so they can see you and you can see them. There's something satisfying about seeing the person. And I told you before, I got to confess, I don't like dudes mugging me. I just don't. Can I be honest with you? Just say, oh, it's okay. That's a, that's a guy. I'm just like, dude, are you like really mugging me right now? And I don't like it in Bass Pro Shop. You know, like guys walking in, you're walking in, he's like, hey, well, I was like, what's up? You know? That's rude. That's not love. But there's a human element here. You want to be first. I got to be first. I got to get home. I got no patience. You got everybody stirred up and pumped up. You got to be here, be there, be there, be there. Hey, we'll get there when we get there, and if we don't get there, it's going to be okay. Look at 
look at your neighbor right now and go, it's going to be okay. <laughs> Let's do a couple more here. I'm just talking about love. So. It does not insist on its own way. I, you know, people don't, I think people have a strong desire to be right. They'd rather stand out there and make sure that they're right than spread love. But I'll move on. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing. And I asked this question to the deacons and pastors this morning. Sometimes when you got ought against somebody, you kind of might say, they had it coming to them. I mean, I mean close your eyes like so nobody's looking around. Like, well, they had it coming to them. <laughs> Look at me now. That ain't love. But sometimes in the flesh it feels good if they really got what was coming to them. Say that. If they got what's coming to them. And I'll ask you this question. What would happen if you got what was coming to you? Are we still okay? See, it's good when we're talking about somebody else, but when we're talking about you, you're like, oh, no, I'm holier now now. That's not love. I'm glad that God looks at me through the lens of love instead of through the lens of wrath, what I truly deserve. Because the true Christmas message is all about love. Would you agree? Rise up with me. I'll just, I got about three or four things I want to bring to you real quick here. And, and remember the John 15, 11, so that the joy may be complete. We've got to have this fruit of the Spirit going. You've got to cross the bridge of love to make everything else work because it's the first thing listed in the fruit of the Spirit. You can't have the rest without love. He says you can't, you can't walk it. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things. That's what Mike Sr. told me when we studied on Tuesday. He said we have to believe the best for everybody, even if you don't want to you got to believe, well, one of these days they're going to be on time. <laughs> Amen. And then it says, endures all things and love never ends. Endures all things. So you may have to endure something as a Christian. It's okay. Jesus ain't going to ask you to take his place on the cross. You won't have to die a, a heinous, horrible death and have all your blood spilled. You won't ever be staked to a cross in America. I'm just glad that I got the, the Christmas spirit of love in my heart. It suffice for dealing with the, the wiles of the world. Um, let me ask you a question. Is Christmas sometimes a struggle for you? Just a little bit of a struggle. Because there's a lot to do. i got to make sure that everybody's got a gift. and everybody's. Got... I already told you about all the gifts. Don't look at me for a second. Save your money. Don't buy anybody a gift that you don't want to buy. Don't ever buy a gift out of obligation. Well, they bought me something. Uh, i got to buy their kids something. And Everybody's got in-laws, outlaws, and ex-laws. we got to make sure they got a present. No, you don't. Who told you that? We got to rack up our credit card to make sure they got presents. Don't do that. That, that is as silly as anything. And, and when you're young, for all you young people that are in the church here, older people don't expect you guys to buy us anything. That's, that's just craziness. 
I called my daughter down there. I said, don't you be buying us anything, sis. Moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas don't want their kids spending money on them. All moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas want is their kids. You, you, you can't. Hey, watch this. I don't want anything other than just to be with my kids. There's, no, there's nothing I would rather have in the whole wide world. And if you're, and if you're, watch this. I'm gonna help everybody out this Christmas. If you're caught up in a family tradition where that that gift giving is going on, that there's nothing wrong with that. But never buy one out of obligation. You just tell your family, say, hey, man, I, I ain't got the money this year. I'm not buying anybody jack. I'm gonna be here and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you the greatest gift that any of you could receive. And then this Christmas, read them the Christmas story. Or like my wife does, she gets down on the floor with the kids and has since we became Christians, all the kids and all the grandkids, and tells them the true story of Christmas. It's the greatest story ever told. That's what love is. True love is telling your family the truth. That's what it is. And, you know, love doesn't mean that you're not going to go through heartache. All you guys have been through heartache this year. I know that. I'm looking at some of you. All of you. I think all of us have. As I have as well. But the love of Jesus can assure you that you're going to get through it. My daughter called me a, a Thursday night, and she said, Dad, am I the first ranking to graduate with a bachelor's degree? I said, yep. She said, I, she said, I, I really wanted Grandpa to see me graduate, and then I wanted to come back to St. Louis and get a master's degree in theology. And that, that plan didn't work out the way she wanted it to, but it worked out nonetheless. So I want to pray for your plan today. And I want to pray that it's bathed in love. That your Christmas message is, is bathed in love too. And maybe today you don't know the the joy of the true Christmas story and you don't, you don't have that in your heart right now, you can you actually touch your heart and go, man, I don't really know the Christmas story. The, the Christmas story is that Jesus came for all. You've accepted the free gift of Jesus. You became born again right here, right now. And you'll have the greatest Christmas you've ever had before because you truly understand the true meaning of Christmas. Jesus came do this for me. Man, I don't need anything else. He came for me and he came for you. How could we not celebrate a king, the king who died for us? You know, it, it, it's gone all over the world that Jesus is the reason for the season. Let me pray for you today. I want to pray for someone today, first of all, who's never received the, the true Christmas meaning in their heart. Would you raise your hand if you say, I, I, I've never been born again. I've never been born the second birth that they sing about during Christmas. And I want to get saved. I want to get born again. 
Maybe one of your children. Maybe you've texted one of your children and say, what's the broadcast? Pastor Pat is, is preaching the true Christmas message. Watch it. We want you to get saved. All over the world, they can't run from Christ. He's everywhere. He's in the department stores, in the trees, uh, across the county, across the state, the nation, and the world. saying, I'm real, reach out to me right now and be saved. That's what he's saying. Be saved. And then for all the saints who are here today who need to rekindle that flame, Lord God, let me, let me build this bridge of love strong and powerful. So I can use this fruit of the Spirit to my advantage and expand your kingdom. That's me, God. I want to, I want you to expand love in my heart. I want it, I want it to be strong and powerful and mighty. I want to be ambassador for the Lord this Christmas. I want to be a carrier of the good news. I want to be a herald for the Lord. So, Father God, you've heard our hearts today. You've seen our actions. You know our speech. This Christmas, Lord God, let the spirit of Christmas flow through all these families. And let it be the greatest Christmas we've ever had. Pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. All God's people said amen.